What up, son? It's the tail of the tapes. The fuck life. Saying. Tale of the Tapes, Season 2, Episode 39. Welcome back, welcome back. It's been so long. <laughs> it might sound dumb, but I'm not even gonna lie. I really did need that week break, because this shit is a lot to keep up with while trying to remain present in your kids' lives. But I really do hope everybody had a great holiday week, and I certainly hope this year is better than the previous two, and I'll just leave that there. So on today's episode, we have Skilo and the Bee Gees. So before I even give my opinions on these artists, let me start off by addressing something. When we cover groups, there are different ways we cover them. If the group was out before any of its individuals, we cover the group as a whole in the episode, even if any or all of its members received individual scores. If any of the artists in the group were out first, we cover that artist first, and then its other remaining members in chronological order that they came out in. The Bee Gees is a group who I personally never even knew existed, Consisting of Lil Wayne and BG, who are both from the group The Hot Boys. I knew of Wayne, BG, and The Hot Boys, but was not aware that BG and Wayne were ever in a group together called the Bee Gees. I assume, given my knowledge of hip-hop, that if I was never aware of this, most average listeners won't be either. But since this group's album was released prior to Lil Wayne or BG's solo material, we will cover the group first here. Now, when it comes to my opinions on these artists, Skilo's name I had heard of before, but that was where it ended. When I looked into who he was to see if he qualified for this study, I realized why I knew his name, and that's because he was a one-hit wonder. If you think you don't know who Skilo is, you probably do, or you at least probably know his biggest song. I wish I was a little bit taller, I wish I was a baller, I wish I had a girl, if I did I would call her. Most people at least know that song, so you might not know who the dude is, or you might not have known who sang that song, but now you do. That was Skilo, so that's who we're covering here today. Regardless of what I realized, I still had no real opinions or expectations of Ski Low going into this. It was kind of just a blank slate. I really didn't know anything of him other than that one song. And as far as the BGs are concerned, obviously since I didn't even know that they existed, I can't have an opinion on them, but I am very aware of both Wayne and BG. BG, I knew because of some features and the Hot Boys material, but I never really had or heard any of BG's solo projects or anything like that. I do remember when I was younger, BG was probably my personal favorite out of the Hot Boys, but I think that mostly probably had to do with like his voice and delivery and not necessarily his skill level. So by the time I got to this study, I didn't really expect BG to do great in this study. That's not to say I expected him to do bad, but I, I just never really thought BG was great. I just personally liked him. As far as Wayne is concerned, I have a very long history with Wayne. I'll try to keep this as short and to the point as possible. 
Clearly, since I had Hot Boys and Baller Block and stuff when I was younger, it would be hard for me to say I disliked Wayne, although I still never really particularly preferred him over anyone else in the group as most other people seem to do. As time went on, I grew to absolutely despise Lil Wayne for plenty of reasons that I won't get into now because it's time consuming and unnecessary and quite frankly, admittedly, it was mostly immaturity on my part. Me and my boy Turchi used to argue about this shit constantly. I think it would be wrong and impossible for me to go through this episode without bringing him up. He used to always bust my balls, yo, Wheezy, little Wayne, yada yada. Anytime he would drive and I was coming with him, he'd put Wayne on. So it's an ongoing feud that's been going on for a long time between me and him. But we'll get more into that later. So while I still currently am not a fan of Wayne's music or his sound, I have grown to respect him as a person and an artist. So. I won't bash somebody just because of their style of music. That's not what I'm here to do. But I do just want to be clear before we go forward with these breakdowns that for a decent period of time, Lil Wayne was one of my most hated rappers of all time. So please keep that in mind going forward. How if I say anything good about Wayne, it is making my blood boil inside. (laughs) So we're still in the calendar year of 1995 here with both of these artists, but we're going to start with Skilo as he was the first of the three being covered here today to be out. His birth name is Antoine Roundtree, born March 27, 1975 in Chicago, Illinois, United States. His origins listed as Poughkeepsie, New York, United States. His genres are listed as hip-hop, and his years active are listed as 1994 to present. I don't really know if Skilo having anything out recently. That probably has more to do with either behind-the-scenes stuff or the fact that he just hasn't officially retired or anything like that. So let's read up on a bit of a background here in Skilo and see what that says. His first single, I Wish, became a hit on radio and TV during the summer of 1995 with a number one MTV video directed by Marty Thomas that won many nominations and wins from VMA Awards worldwide. The song was known for its lack of explicit lyrics at a time when gangster rap was very popular. His debut album of the same title was released shortly thereafter, earning him two Grammy nominations for both the album and the single. Afterwards, he stopped his rapping career before coming back to release a new album in 2000 and another in 2012. So... I referred to Ski Low earlier as a one-hit wonder, and this breakdown kind of reiterates that. Um, Not too much there aside from his hit single, I Wish, which I'm sure most of you know whether you realize it or not. Um, We do see that he was nominated for a couple of Grammys stemming from that single, but didn't win any. Then it goes on to say that he stopped his rapping career for a while, only to return later to almost no success, hence why I called him a one-hit wonder. So, with that out of the way, let's get into my breakdown of Skilo. Without even realizing it, I knew of Skilo's most popular song without even ever really having known who the song was by, making him a classic one-hit wonder. He was very inconsistent with bars and all over the place lyrically. He had some good lines, some reaches, didn't rhyme sometimes, took a lot of shortcuts, etc. While most of his songs were about girls, he was able to at least do a good job keeping the topic. 
He did struggle with his flow a bit early on, but was also very good at using different rhyme schemes and finished average lyrically overall. Skilo only qualified three albums, all of which were good. Of his 30 total songs, none were great, but five were good and one was weak. Between his small catalog, very limited commercial success, and only influencing a couple of artists such as Jim Jones and Public Enemy, his impact on the hip-hop game certainly wasn't an overly big one. Skilo was relatively original and didn't seem to follow many trends or switch up his style. So, short, sweet, and simple breakdown there for Skilo. Like I said, not a lot of material, so let's jump right into the math here for him. Lyrics, he gets a five. Like I spoke about, he was kind of all over the place. There were some things he did that were above average, some things he did that were below average, and with not that large a body of work, I mean, it wasn't all that hard to just keep him at average after, you know, some of the good things and some of the bad things kind of averaging each other out and not really having that big a body of work. Albums, he gets a 3.85 with zero classics. Like we spoke about, only three albums. All three were good albums, so that came out to a 3.85 in total. Songs, he gets a minus 0.33, which that's nothing major. It's a third of a point. But again, you're losing points where you could be gaining points. And it's kind of a, a little bit of a harsh score for somebody that only had one weak song. But again, he only had 30 songs in total. So, you know, the small body of work, everything that you do is obviously going to be magnified under a small body of work. So he loses a third of a point there in the songs category. Impact, he gets a four and a half, just below average. And again, that really kind of just comes from the, the one big hit that he had and a couple of Grammy nominations, not able to win the Grammy nominations or anything like that, but definitely did have a very big hit single, did well on that first album, didn't have any success really upon either of his returns or anything like that. So I want to keep that score below average, but I do want to acknowledge that he did accomplish some things that could be close to a four. It's a borderline four, four and a half, but... We'll let him slide with the four and a half there because of the big hit. And originality, he gets a six and a half. Like I said, um, he was just a relatively original dude. You know, we hear in his background how his song was kind of kind of noted because it came out in a time where gangster rap was very prominent and he wasn't rapping like that at all. So, you know, he didn't really seem to follow any trends. He never switched up his style. Like, we have big gaps there, right? We have a guy comes out with his... His hit in 1995, then he disappears, comes back out in 2000, and then disappears again and comes back out again in 2012. So for somebody to do something like that and never really switch up their style or their message or things like that, that definitely speaks to some of their originality and staying true to themselves and things like that. And again, when you don't do anything to follow anybody and you're just simply yourself, I mean... That in itself is going to carry you to a certain extent. Will it carry you to a nine? No, probably not. You'd have to have some really uh, unique song concepts. You'd have to have a really, really different message than anyone that came before you. Image would have to be insanely original and out of control. So again, he didn't do anything that was overly unique or original, but just the fact that he seemed to always stay true to himself and never, you know, sold out or switched up to sell more records, quite frankly... One of the reasons that he did as well as he did on his biggest hit was because he was just being himself. So, you know, nothing too crazy, but that six and a half warranted there. And you add all those five numbers up and you divide by five and you get a final rating of 3.90, 
which leaves Skilo in 142nd place of 183 artists done overall. So again, I don't think it's ideal for anyone to finish in the bottom half, but we have a one-hit wonder here who got mostly average scores, stopped rapping for a bit, and came back to almost no success. So I'm not sure that anyone should be too shocked by this finish, but it is what it is. Shout-outs to Skilo. So let's get into the BGs as a group here first, and then we'll get into each of its members individually. Like I stated earlier, I didn't even know this group had ever existed, which is odd considering I had a fair amount of material from these guys and I consider myself pretty well versed in hip hop. Needless to say, it was very difficult to find any information on the group as a whole, so I will just read you guys what I was able to find and then we'll get into much more detail on each of its individual members. So, BGs as a group. Origins listed as New Orleans, Louisiana, United States. Genres are listed as Gangster Rap, Bounce, and Southern Hip Hop. Years active, 1995. And members are listed as BG and Lil Wayne. So the only background really I could find on the group as a whole was the BGs formed in 1995 were a group consisting of Little Doogie, a.k.a. BG, who was 14 years old, and Baby D, a.k.a. Lil Wayne, who was 12. So like I said, barely any info there on the group, and even that much info was very difficult to dig up, but I do need to certainly point out something here. How insane is it the ages of these two on this album? 12 and 14 is mind-boggling, and I don't say that because there haven't been any kids that have been rappers, because there have, but these guys weren't rapping as little kids with kid material. This wasn't Lil Bow Wow or Lil Romeo or anything like that. This is a 12 and a 14 year old on some grown adult gangster shit here. So I was certainly a bit taken back when I realized just how young Wayne was when he came out. Because I knew Lil Wayne was young. I remember from some of the Hot Boys things, I just remember Wayne's face on the cover. I just remember Wayne looking young. So I knew Wayne was young, but I did not know that Wayne was 12 years old when he came out with his first album. So other than the ages, not much there to talk about. So let's move right on to each member individually. We'll start with BG as believe it or not, his debut solo album was actually out three years prior to Lil Wayne. So BG had his first solo album out in 1996. Birth name Christopher Noel Dorsey, also known as Lil Doogie, B-Jizzle, Bling Bling, Slim, and Jeezy. Born September 3rd, 1980 in New Orleans, Louisiana, United States. His genres are listed as hip-hop, and his years active are listed as 1994 to present. So let's read a little bit of a background here on BG individually and see if there's a little bit more here than there was on the group. Christopher Noel Dorsey, born September 3rd, 1980, better known by his stage name BG, acronym for Baby Gangsta, is an American rapper from New Orleans, Louisiana. He began his music career signing to Cash Money Records in 1996. Dorsey, alongside fellow rappers Lil Wayne, Juvenile, and Turk, collectively formed the group The Hot Boys in 1997. BG released several solo albums for Cash Money, including the platinum-selling Chopper City in the Ghetto in 1999. In 2001, he resigned from Cash Money Records and created his own label, Chopper City Records. 
So not too many surprising things there, but we do see that BG did have one platinum album, so there was obviously some commercial success there, at least for a brief period. And now let's get into my breakdown on BG. I knew of BG because I had a couple of Hot Boys albums when I was younger. I also knew who every member in the group was, but did not realize BG was in a group called the BGs with Lil Wayne when they were just 12 and 14 respectively. Early on, rhymes were random and usually just one syllable. When he attempted to do more, the quality of the line suffered and were either weak reaches or didn't make sense. It was rare that he had any substance or topical songs as most verses seemed to just be about the same things over and over again just worded differently, but when he did, he seemed to be decent at being able to keep a topic. He took shortcuts a lot, but ironically enough, he started to get a little better once he parted ways with Cash Money. At the end of the day, his decent lines and rhyme schemes were too far and few between and he finished below average lyrically. The BGs only had one album, BG had 10 solo, and 3 others with the Hot Boys. Of the 14 qualified albums, 7 were good and 7 were average. Of his 212 qualified songs, none were great, 17 were good, and another 14 were weak. BG had very limited solo success with the height of his career being with the Hot Boys and through nearly 20 years in 14 albums only influenced Cormega and possibly one other artist. When it came to originality, again, BG had very little to offer. Not only was he your typical down south rapper both image-wise and musically, he also followed trends in music on occasion and borrowed a decent amount from other artists. So that didn't sound great for BG there. Let's get into the math here and see how it worked out for him. Lyrics, he gets a 4. Like I spoke about, below average. And, you know, it's a little tough here because when somebody comes out as a 14-year-old, I mean, bro, at any point being a teenager, you gotta expect that you're gonna grow after that, both mentally and skill-wise, right? So you're looking at, I mean, let's just say on average, and I'm not saying he did this, he could have done more, he could have done less. I'm just trying to make a point. Let's just say he comes out with an album every other year. You're talking about 14, 16, 18 you're talking about not even probably really seeing this dude's full potential until somewhere around like his fourth album, if we're being realistic. And and still even that is young. You know, 20 years old is young. I'm just trying to make a point that this guy was out so young that anybody that comes out at that age, I really wouldn't expect them to finish with a great lyrical score. And if they did, it would just make it all that much more impressive because... Quite frankly, you're just not as skilled as a kid as you are when you're an adult. I mean, if if you don't get any better as an adult, you know, I, I really, I don't know what to say. I really feel bad for you. Obviously, you have to have some sort of mental growth or some sort of skill upgrade or something. Or, I, you know, I don't know what people are doing. And again, I have seen people that were not able to get any better. And, you know, those people, I will sit here and say they were terrible. But... It is what it is. We're not here to talk about everybody. And BG was not the worst lyrically, not even remotely close, but still below average lyrically. So he gets a four there. Albums, he gets a 3.35, which is almost exactly average. We had 14 albums between him and the groups and stuff like that. Seven good albums, seven average albums, and it comes out to almost exactly an average score. No classics on those. Songs, he gets a minus 0.66, which is pretty much exactly double what Ski Low had. 
And a lot, a lot more songs here for BG. 212 songs total, but not a single song out of 212 songs was great. And he did have 14 weak songs. So almost as many weak songs as he had good songs. So that's that's pretty bad there. And he doesn't lose a full point. We talk about plus or minus a full point. He doesn't lose a full point, but he does lose two-thirds of a point. And, you know, flip that where he could be gaining two-thirds of a point. You, you know, you're looking at almost a point and a half swing there. So, it you know, it starts to get significant at that point. Impact, he gets a four. And that comes from a couple of things. We did have, he did sell a platinum record. So he did have a platinum record, which is good. But I don't think a platinum record in itself just totally excludes everything else that went on. He really pretty much, for the most part, had no other successes as a solo artist other than that one album. That includes when he was with Cash Money and when he left Cash Money. Yes, he started his own label, which is great. I hope he made some money from it and things like that. I hope that he was able to reach his level of success with what he wanted with that. But as far as, you know, the mainstream and the outside looking in, Chopper City Records was never a Rockefeller. It was never a bad boy. It was never, a, you know, a Def Jam or anything like that. So, you know, let's not make it something it's not. And then you also have to look at some of the other things that he's involved in, right? You have, he was in a group with Lil Wayne. Granted, they were both very, very young when that happened, but nothing came out of that group, right? But look who you were in a group with, Lil Wayne. We all know, you know, I'm not going to sugarcoat this again. I hated Lil Wayne for a very long time, and I'm still not a fan of Lil Wayne's music, but we all know that Lil Wayne has obviously had a, a well above average impact in this hip-hop game. So you were in a group with him by yourself, that was never able to garner anywhere near that amount of success. You were also in another group with Lil Wayne that had more success than the original group that you were in, but still never had the same success that Lil Wayne did. So you're in two separate groups with a guy who was able to achieve a tremendous level of success and never really in either of those groups were you ever able to come anywhere near that amount of success and then that dipped off even further when you went on by yourself. So we have to keep all those things in mind. And I think the the amount of time that BG was out and the amount of material that he had with the majority of that being relatively unsuccessful, um, really only one name directly influenced and stuff like that. So all these things add up and he gets an impact of four. And then originality, he also gets a four. So pretty much just fours across the board here from BG. So... Those are not bad scores. They're below average scores, but they're not twos. They're not two and a half. So they're not shit like that. So not really bad scores, but below average in every category, except for albums. Albums, he gets an average score. Songs, he loses two thirds of a point. And as far as the originality is concerned, he just really didn't bring much to the table. Um, his voice and delivery were relatively unique, but other than that, there was really nothing there. Um, image wise, he was pretty typical South, um, sound wise, he was typical South content wise. He was typical South. He borrowed a fair amount of things from other artists that came before him and stuff like that. So all those things added up and he gets a four for originality. And listen, before I even announce the scores, I'm not trying to be a dick, but we've seen this time and time again, 
We see people getting five, four and a half, five, you know, things like that. And we talk about it all the time. You get these average scores, you wind up near the bottom now. So a below average score pretty much in every category here from BG. So I think we know where this is going to wind up putting him. But you add those five numbers up and you divide by five and it gives you a final rating of 2.94, which leaves BG in 180th place of 183 artists done overall. <laughs> So I don't think you need me to tell you that that's obviously a horrific finish. Bottom three there for BG. And this is a pretty classic example here of someone who was not very good and didn't bring much else to the table. Again, that's not to call him bad, but a four in that lyrical score and then not really made up for in other areas. Just last week, we had ODB who scored an entire point lower lyrically than BG which is a significant amount, but he was able to finish inside the top third because his impact and originality scores were great. Not the case here for BG. We talk all the time about how these average scores are going to finish people near the bottom now, but we have to take into account with BG that even though none of his scores are far below average, he does get an entire point below average in three of the five categories, Coupled with an average album score, no classics, and losing a decent amount in the song score. So again, with scores like that, this is where you're going to finish. Especially if you're not making up for it in other areas. So now moving on to Lil Wayne, who had his debut solo album out in 1999. Born Dwayne Michael Carter Jr., September 22nd, 1982, in New Orleans, Louisiana, United States. Other names, Baby D, Tunchi, Wheezy F Baby, and The President. Years active are listed as 1995 to present. Origins listed as Holly Grove, New Orleans, Louisiana, United States. And his genres are listed as hip-hop. So let's read up on a background here of Lil Wayne. Dwayne Michael Carter Jr., born September 27, 1982, known professionally as Lil Wayne, is an American rapper and record executive. He is regarded by many contemporaries as one of the most influential hip-hop artists of his generation and often cited as one of the greatest rappers of all time. His career began in 1995 at the age of 12 when he was signed by rapper Birdman joining Cash Money Records as the youngest member of the label. From then on, Wayne was the flagship artist of Cash Money Records before ending his association with the company in June of 2018. In 1995, Wayne was put in a duo with label mate BG at the time known as Little Doogie and they recorded an album, The Story, released that year although Wayne, at the time known as Baby D, only appeared on three tracks. Wayne and BG soon joined the southern hip-hop group Hot Boys with Cash Money label mates Juvenile and Turk in 1997. They released their debut album, Get It How You Live, in October that year. The Hot Boys became popular following the release of the album Guerrilla Warfare in 1999 and the song Bling Bling. Lil Wayne's solo debut album The Block Is Hot in 1999 was his solo breakthrough and he reached higher popularity with his fourth album The Carter in 2004 and fifth album The Carter II in 2005 as well as several mixtapes and collaborations throughout 06 and 07. He gained more prominence within the music industry with his sixth solo album, The Carter Three, in 2008, 
with first week sales of over 1 million copies in the United States. The album won the Grammy Award for Best Rap Album and included successful singles A Millie, Got Money featuring T-Pain, and Lollipop featuring Static Major, the latter being his first single to reach number one on the Billboard Hot 100. In February of 2010, Wayne released his seventh studio album, Rebirth, which experimented with rap rock and was met with generally negative reviews. A month later, in March of 2010, Little Wayne began serving an eight-month jail sentence in New York after being convicted of criminal possession of a weapon stemming from an incident in July of 2007. His eighth studio album, I Am Not a Human Being, in 2010, was released during his incarceration, while his 2011 album, The Carter Four, was released following his release. The Carter Four sold 964,000 copies in its first week in the United States. His 12th studio album, The Carter Five, was released in 2018 after multiple delays. Wayne's 13th album, Funeral, was released in early 2020. Little Wayne has sold over 120 million records worldwide, including more than 20 million albums and 70 million digital tracks in the United States, making him one of the world's best-selling music artists. He has won 5 Grammy Awards, 11 BET Awards, 4 Billboard Music Awards, 2 MTV Video Music Awards, and 8 NAACP Image Awards. On September 27, 2012, he became the first male artist to surpass Elvis Presley with the most entries on the Billboard Hot 100 with 109 songs. Little Wayne also currently serves as the chief executive officer of his own label, Young Money Entertainment. So, say what you want about Little Wayne, but the dude obviously has a tremendously long list of accomplishments, accolades, and successes. With all that, I don't think that I have too much to add other than reading what I wrote up on Wayne. Anytime anyone ever praised Wayne, it went in one ear and right out the other for me. I won't lie though, he was definitely better than I gave him credit for and did impress me throughout the majority of his career. I've had instances where an artist seemed like two different people at different points of their career skill-wise. But Wayne was only 12 years old when he came out, so if anyone deserves to be noted for improvements, it's him. Early on there were a lot of one-syllable rhymes and when he attempted more syllables the line suffered. He got much better with time though and wound up being very good with multisyllabic rhymes as well as having a lot of dope lines and being very good with using different rhyme schemes. He did however become a bit inconsistent later on in his career where it seemed like drugs may have been driving the car and he had his fair share of really weak reaches with lines and was hard to understand at times. He also had points where instead of a second or third verse he would just repeat his first verse again. Nonetheless, Wayne was very good at keeping a topic throughout a song, and the good certainly outweighed the bad as he finished well above average lyrically. Wayne is an absolute workhorse when it comes to material. He qualified 12 solo albums, 4 EPs, 3 albums with the Hot Boys, 1 with the Bee Gees, 1 mixtape, and 1 collaboration album with Baby for a total of 22 albums registered for scoring. Although none of those 22 hit the classic mark, Three of them were borderline classics, another six were great, ten were good, 
and only three were average, and one, however, was a weak album. In his defense, I want to reiterate, the man was only 12 years old when that album was made, so you can't fault him all too much on that one, but nonetheless, he still did make it, and it still does have to count towards his overall score. Of his massive 303 qualified songs catalog, he dropped 15 great songs, another 133 good ones, as well as 6 weak ones. About 50% of his songs were good or better, which is certainly extremely impressive, especially considering the large body of work. Wayne has had a tremendous amount of long-term commercial success and set and broke many musical records. Although he hasn't had many clear influences on any artist to date musically, his impact in the hip-hop game has certainly been a large one. When it came to originality, Wheezy was a bit all over the place on both sides of the fence. Many things about his music and image were typical and follow the times, but he also had a very unique voice, delivery, and sound. Though he may have hopped on plenty of trend bandwagons, both fashionably, linguistically, and musically, he probably set even more than he followed. So for the most part, a pretty positive background and breakdown on Lil Wayne, so let's get into the math here. Lyrics, he gets a six and a half, and... You know, I don't want to go back over everything, but I, I do want to touch on some things. There were some parts, there were some songs or some verses or things like that where Wayne definitely absolutely murdered shit and showed that he was capable of being even better than a six and a half. I will give him that. I think that little Wayne at times was more near that seven and a half range, maybe even closely pushing to an eight. But again, we have to keep everything in mind. We have to keep that album in mind from when Wayne was 12 years old. We have to keep those time periods in mind where Wayne was obviously on a lot of drugs and you either can't even really understand them or he's not making any sense or he's not rhyming or whatever the case is. So again, I'm not trying to take anything away from Lil Wayne. He was a good lyricist for sure. But I just want everybody to keep in mind that we're not giving a score here based on Lil Wayne's best verse. We're giving a score here based on the totality of Wayne's career stemming all the way back from when he started as a 12-year-old. The totality of that comes to a 6.5. Albums, he gets a 4.86 with zero classics. Like I said, there were three borderline classics in there. So I won't argue with anybody that wants to tell me Wayne had three or four classics for sure because I know people say that a lot. And again, when we're talking about classics as far as nostalgia is concerned, Little Wayne's not going to have any classics to me. When we're talking about this study and technicalities and things like that, I, I will give it to you. There were definitely at least three albums there that Little Wayne was right on that borderline classic line. So a disagreement on one line or two lines from one song or something like that could put that over to a classic album, so I wouldn't argue with anybody that says that. Again, that's the way the chips fell for Lil Wayne. The math didn't add up to any of them coming out to exactly a 2.1 or higher, so he doesn't get those extra points for the classic there. Now, if you wanted to add those in for argument's sake and you added in three classic points, yeah, it would probably move Wayne up a little bit, but it's not going to move Wayne from 70th place to 10th place or anything like that. If Wayne's in 15th, it might move him to 13th or something like that, or 12th or something like that. So, again, I would never argue with anybody over something like that anyway. If I say Little Wayne's number 10, you say, fuck out of here, bro. Little Wayne's number 6 on my list. All right, cool, bro. I won't argue with you, you know, with that. But if I put Little Wayne in 90th place here, don't tell me Little Wayne's the greatest rapper of all time, please. So, 
songs, he gets a plus 0 0.30. So he gains a third of a point here, where the other artist today either lost a third of a point or two-thirds of a point. Wayne gains a third of a point. And again, we spoke about that. Wayne had a lot of material, man. A lot of material. Over 300 songs, probably in like the top 10 or so far that I've done so far as far as overall material is concerned. And not an abundance of great songs, but 15 great songs. And he only had six week ones. So he had more than double the amount of great songs that he did week one. So he earns himself about a third of a point there in the songs department. Impact, he gets a seven and a half. And I mean, honestly, bro, that's basically just based on Little Wayne's name and accomplishments alone, period. I mean, he's the only male artist to have more songs on the Billboard Hot 100 than Elvis Presley. I mean, that's obviously ridiculous. Um, he's had long-term commercial success, even more so than anybody else that was ever in a group with him and stuff like that. So these things obviously do add up. Record set, records broken, a ton of awards won. Um, quite frankly, this, this impact score is very close to getting an eight. The, one of the only reasons that it's as low as it is. And I, I say that loosely because seven and a half is obviously a very good score is that up to this point in the study, I haven't really seen anybody sample Wayne, quote Wayne, take beats from Wayne, take lines from Wayne or anything like that. So I haven't really seen the artist directly affected in the way that you would probably see. Most people have a long list of names that are getting a seven and a half in the impact category here. But nonetheless, I thought that Wayne's accomplishments and, and Wayne's name in the game and stuff like that were enough to carry him to a seven and a half. I think he's close to an eight. I think if he could add a couple of names to that list of artists that he's influenced, maybe come out with one or two more albums that are successful, that could certainly go up to an eight for sure. So seven and a half for now for Wayne. We'll see where that ends up. And originality, I gave him the same score, seven and a half. And again, it's kind of give and take here when you think about this. It comes to like Wayne's image and Wayne's sound and stuff like that and his voice and all that type of stuff. Wayne's obviously very unique, very original. We can see that, you know, when you look at Lil Wayne or you hear Lil Wayne come on a song or something like that, you know it's Lil Wayne. So that's obviously part of being an original artist or an original character. But we do have to take other things into consideration. Yes, he was one of the first rappers to fuck with that auto-tune shit. But he did get it from T-Pain, who I know that T-Pain is looked at as more of a singer. But T-Pain actually does rap as well. And T-Pain did make the cut. So I just want to be clear that Lil Wayne was not technically the first rapper to start doing that. He was one of the pioneers of it. And he is going to be given credit for being one of the pioneers of it. But he wasn't the first to do it. And as far as Wayne's fashion and things like that, yes, he was loud. Yes, he made statements with the things that he wore and his image and things like that. But it wasn't necessarily solely unique to him. Wayne certainly did follow some trendy things and hop on some bandwagons when it came to some of the terms he used, when it came to some of the, the outfits he wears and the brands that he promotes, and when it came to you know, certain sounds or things like that musically, there were definitely plenty of trends and bandwagons that Lil Wayne did take advantage of to sell more records or to be more successful or whatever way you want to put it. But he still stayed unique in general with his sound and his voice and his delivery and things like that. So 
There was more good than bad there for originality with Wayne, and he gets another good score of 7.5 there. So you add all those five numbers up, and you divide by five, and you get a final rating of 5.33, which puts Little Wayne in 30th place of 183 artists done overall. So this brings me to a couple of points. And I got to bring up my boy Terchi here because I know that me and him, even prior to this study, and again, recently my feelings on Wayne have changed. The past year or two, before I even started listening to him on here, I started to have more respect for Wayne as a person, Wayne as an artist, and things like that. I think it also has to do with the fact that my goals in hip-hop have changed, so... You know, I'm not really salty about somebody that I feel that I'm I'm technically better than reaping, you know, all the fame and the money. I don't, I don't want the fame and the money anymore. So I wouldn't care if somebody sucked and was getting all of it. So I do want to point out that my view on Wayne as a person has changed. My view on Wayne's music has changed a little bit. He's better than I thought he was, but I just still don't really enjoy his sound and the majority of his music. But again, that's just personal preference, and I would never, ever knock somebody for making something that I just don't personally prefer. So I won't give Wayne shit for that anymore. But the reason I bring my boy Turchy up is because we're, we're always bickering about this shit, and this is the moment of truth, right? Wayne is now finally done. I've now gone through all 300 and whatever songs of Wayne's that qualified for this study. I have listened closely, intently, and carefully to every single word that the man has spoken. I have watched countless interviews. I've read up on many, many things about Little Wayne. I know Little Wayne's whole background and life story and yada, yada, yada. I could go on and on. But it's all done now, right? I listened to all of it. I plugged everything into the mathematical system and it came out the way it came out. Now, again... Everything is always subject to change. Wayne has other albums that are scheduled to come out and things like that. They'll obviously affect his score in some way. Maybe he's able to get a classic and add one of those on. Maybe he's able to raise his impact score. Maybe he's able to raise his lyric score. Maybe he comes out with some super original shit that does really well and he's able to raise all of his scores. I don't know. But the point of what I'm saying is that when looking at Wayne from my original perspective, he did tremendous, right? Putting one of my most hated rappers of all time in 30th place certainly irked the fucking shit out of me. (laughs) That's less than 20 spots back from my favorite rapper of all time, Tupac, who's in 11th place. Like, just even saying that bothers me. Even though I don't hate Wayne that much anymore, it still just bothers me. So let that be another example of how bias and personal opinion plays zero factor in all of this scoring for me. Because if it did, Wayne would have finished pretty low. But when we look at Wayne from other people's perspectives, like my boy Turchi's perspective, and listen, I want to be clear really quick before this even comes out of my mouth. I don't know that he thinks that Wayne is the greatest rapper of all time, so I don't want to put those words in his mouth. But plenty of people do say that Wayne is the greatest rapper of all time. And he may have said it, you know, joking around, busting my balls. But I do know that Wayne is definitely one of his favorite rappers. And I do think that he probably has Wayne pretty high on his list on greatest rappers of all time. I just don't want to put words in his mouth and say that he thinks Wayne is the greatest rapper of all time. But a lot of people do. So when we look at Wayne from that perspective of being the greatest rapper of all time, This 30th place finish less than halfway through the study 
definitely does not look good. Averaging out the numbers, this should finish Little Wayne somewhere inside of the top 75 overall, which certainly isn't bad. That's good. But it is a very far cry from the greatest rapper of all time. So from where I sit in my current seat, I really don't want to fucking hear that Lil Wayne is the greatest rapper of all time. Period. Ooh. So now let's get into our list starting off with our top 10% overall. In our top spot, we have Big L, who's in fifth place of 183 artists done overall. Directly behind him in sixth place, we got Nas. Couple slots back from Nas is Method Man, who's in eighth place. And a couple of slots back from him in tenth place is Black Thought of the Roots. Directly behind Thought, we have Tupac and Biggie, who are in a three way tie for 11th place. Behind Tupac and Biggie, tied for 15th place, we have Pharaoh Manch. Behind Pharaoh is KRS One, who's in 18th. Behind him in 22nd is Jizza. Couple of slots back from Jizza is Slick Rick, who's in 24th. Couple slots back from him in 26th is Rakim. Directly behind Rakim is Redman, who's in 27th. And directly behind him in 28th is Common. Couple of slots back from Common, we now have Lil Wayne, who's in 30th place of 183 artists done overall. So, we're starting to see a trend here. For most of 1994, especially the early stages, we saw big gaps where no one would crack any lists at all, and we had a lot of low finishes. But as we came to the end of 94, and so far early in 95, it's been quite the opposite. It almost seems like every week at this point that at least one artist cracks at least one of these lists. So we'll have to see how long that trend continues for, but exciting stuff here recently. We do see that Wayne is able to slide into our last available slot here today, which means that MF Doom has officially been slid out of our top 10% overall here. So we'll have to see if he can fight his way back in there, but big shout outs to MF Doom for holding down a spot for quite some time. And big shout outs to Lil Wayne as well for now taking over that spot. Now onto our current top 10% lyrically overall so far, and we have another addition here today as well. So in a three-way tie for our top spot, we have Pharaoh Manch, Black Thought of the Roots, and Nas, who all got lyrical scores of 8.5. Behind them in fourth place, we have Method Man with a lyrical score of 8. And then in a four-way tie behind him in fifth place, we have Master Ace, Jizza, Common, and Big L, all receiving lyrical scores of 7.5. Behind them, we have another tie between KRS-One and Lord Finesse, who got lyrical scores of 7. And then in what's now an 11-way tie for 11th place, we have Will Smith, Rakim, Cool G Rap, Everlast, Tupac, Redman, Sticky Fingers of Onyx, Lazy Bone of Bone Thugs and Harmony, Biggie, Tame One, and Lil Wayne, all receiving lyrical scores of six and a half. So, Lil Wayne also manages to get into our top 10% lyrically so far as well, so pretty solid stuff here today from Wayne so far. And now let's get into our particular decades list, starting with our top five rappers to make their debut in the 1980s. So your top five rappers of the 80s are KRS-One, Slick Rick, Rakim, Rev Run of Run DMC, and LL Cool J. And nothing changes there, of course. Now on to our top five artists to make their debut in the 90s so far. 
Your top five rappers to come out in the 90s thus far are Big L, Nas, Method Man, Black Thought, and in a tie for our last spot, we have Tupac and Biggie. So again, let that be an example of this particular list. Lil Wayne cracks our top 10% overall list, even though we just shortened the list a couple of weeks back, and he also gets into the top 10% lyrically so far, but again, not able to crack this top five of the 90s so far, so let's see how long we go again before someone is able to crack this list as we've just had more than one recent change to it. Now let's get into our new list that we started earlier in this session of our top three artists from each region of the country, and again, we have a huge addition here. Starting on our East Coast, your top rapper to come out of the East Coast thus far is Big L from Harlem, New York. Behind him, we have Nas from Queens, New York. And then in our last spot, we have Method Man from Staten Island, New York. Moving over to our West Coast, your top three rappers to come out of the West Coast thus far are Tupac from Marin County, California, Ice Cube of NWA from Los Angeles, California, and in our last spot, Everlast, also from Los Angeles, California. Moving down south, your top three artists to come out of the south thus far are Lil Wayne from New Orleans, Louisiana. Behind him, Andre 3000 of Outkast from Atlanta, Georgia. And in our third and final spot, Big Boy, also of Outkast, also from Atlanta, Georgia. Now moving over to our Midwest. Your top three artists to come out of the Midwest thus far are Common from Chicago, Illinois, Crazy Bone of Bone Thugs and Harmony from Cleveland, Ohio, and Lazy Bone, also of Bone Thugs and Harmony, and also from Cleveland, Ohio. So Lil Wayne slides in all but one eligible list and takes over the number one spot here in this last one as our top artist to come out of the South thus far sliding both members of Outkast back a slot, and that means that Scarface of the Ghetto Boys has now been ousted from our top three artists to come out of the South thus far. So obviously, shout-outs to Wayne for taking over that top spot there and everything else that he did here today. Shout-outs to both members of Outkast because even though they slid back, both members still in that top three list there for the South, and shout-outs to Scarface, who held a spot on that list down for a while there now. If you'd like to see any or all of the lists in full, you can give the Facebook website a visit and a like at www.facebook.com slash podcast. You'll see upcoming schedules on there, uh, left-out list, final list, didn't make the cut list, etc. All of it's in writing for you to look at if you're interested in any of that, formulas, all that stuff. You can also give the host website a visit at www.anchor.fm slash tale of the tapes. Both of those links are spelled completely normally. On the host website, you'll see a support button. I really appreciate anybody that hits that for me. And that's it for episode 39, man. Again, I want to wish everybody a happy new year. I hope this one is a good one. On our next episode, we will be covering Raekwon and AZ. And I want to say, without giving too much away that I didn't realize until just now these two would be sharing an episode, and I think that they may collectively be my personal most pleasant surprise of the study in this next episode coming up here. So I'll just leave you with that. Tale of the tapes. Peace. Tale of the tapes. Might as well.